Today's intention is to receive this information with an open heart and abundance. Hey, it's Bobby. Welcome to Student of Intention, where we help you enjoy the pursuit of purpose. Remember, don't wait, start small, learn as you go. Hi, friends. Welcome. I'm your host, Bobby Dysart, and fellow student of intention. This little corner of the podcasting world where we enjoy the pursuit of purpose. I'm feeling great today coming in uh, in in flip-flops after a week of of vacation and rest and relaxation in Mexico. I couldn't bring myself to uh, to wear the full shoes today. Um, even though I love I love showing up professional here in uh, the Creative Palace in Irvine, and uh, I'm really excited to kick off season three with our guest today, Hallie Avolio. Um, I'll get to introducing Hallie here shortly, but I wanted to start with a little story, a little takeaway from from my travels to Tulum, Mexico. Um, my wife and I spent, I guess, seven days with uh, with a close couple. Uh, of ours, so some two two other good friends, and it was it was just a remarkable special vacation. I think for several reasons, but most notably are just the actions we took in this vacation definitely differed than than vacations of past. Um, you know, some of the things we did we did a cacao ceremony, we did a tea ceremony, we did two different uh, guided meditations. So we we really went inward um, alongside each other and alongside the couples, uh, the couple that we were with. And I think in doing so, I kind of came away certainly refreshed, but also reflective. And as I was flying back over you know the Pacific and and crossing into California. Um, I was journaling and reflecting on like, okay, well, well, what do I want to take from this experience? Um, and I think it was timely being that we are moving to season three of Student of Intention. We are moving into the second year of Student of Intention. Um, if you may, if you may remember, we started this journey, um, in December, actually on, uh, on the eve of New Year's with, with, uh, my co-host and captain, uh, Chris Decker. So we're about exactly six months in and I was reflecting on like, okay, well, how do I want to go into the rest of this year? And I wasn't thinking about the normal things that I think you might think about with any project or with any endeavor, creative pursuit. I wasn't thinking about the money to be made, the deals to be closed, the outcomes to be realized. What I was thinking about was um, sort of the virtues that I want to carry in into into the rest of this year, so, as well as the behaviors and rituals and routines. I was thinking about the things I want to invite into my life, like joy, gratitude, acceptance, and perseverance. These are things that I really want rooted in my everyday as I, um, as I continue to journey on the rest of the year. Um, I think about from an actions perspective, the things that I just want to take Every day, week in and week out, I want to write more. I want to read more. I want to get out and move amongst the amongst the beach that I um, so graciously live by. Um, I want to connect with folks like Hallie and other folks that are trying to find their authentic selves. Like I want to be intentional about all this and those outcomes, those goals, those desires. What will be will be. Those things will come. I promise. 
I know that for a fact. If I remain humble, if I remain persistent, all those things will sort of figure themselves out. So that's one takeaway from my vacation. Um, and I invite you to think about those things for yourself. What virtues, what virtues you want to bring into your daily life, what habits, rituals, and of course, intentions you want to bring into your life the rest of 2021. And with that, I will shift to introducing our guest for today, Hallie Avolio. Hallie is the founder of Sassy Healthy Fit. It's a lifestyle brand built to teach you how to show up in your life as your most authentic self. She offers courses, workshops, one-on-one coaching, and of course, content. Uh, I, I was exposed to Allie through LinkedIn, my social media platform of choice. I, I dare say hers as well. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but I can tell right away just from the messaging she's putting out there that, uh, that we were going to get along, and I really wanted to learn a lot from her and hopefully um, share a lot of good things with our viewers or our listeners, I should say. Um, with that, Hallie, welcome to Student of Intention. Thank you so much for having me, Bobby. It's a pleasure to be here. And I just wanted to uh, take a moment and reflect, if you recall, when you first sent me a message on LinkedIn and you asked if I would be interested in being on your podcast, I think I said something along the lines of, you had me at intention. <laughs> oh, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it, well, thank you again for responding and thank you for being on today's show. Um, and, and and yeah, I think it seems just so logical um, how much our worlds overlap and, mm -hmm. and certainly is rooted in intention. Um, so maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more, but I, I want to start with what I've found from living with intention slowly but surely. I've sort of like gotten to this point of like living with intention is self-discovery. It's rooted in figuring out this, this seemingly kind of mysterious phrase, the authentic self. And you talk about authentic self all the time. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess I'd want to know, like, how, how do you define authentic self? Like what, what does that mean to you now? Um, what does that mean in your work? And what does it mean for others that you are essentially teasing it out of? I, I want to start by just saying that I wasn't always a student of intention. I didn't always live as my authentic self. And I had to spend decades, actually, mm. in that place of inauthenticity to get to the place where I am now and to understand the relevance and how important it is to really being the creator of your best life, which is a, I, I'm a huge fan of affirmations. I talk about them probably as much as I talk about authenticity and I have affirmations everywhere. I have cards, I have post-its, but I'm looking at one right now on my computer that says, I am the creator of my own bleep life. I don't know if we can swear on this podcast. <laughs> on this podcast let's complete the sentence. I don't All right. I am the creator of my own fucking life. And that, <laughs> to me, sums up what it means to be authentic and live with intention. Because at the end of the day, we all have stories. We all have past narratives. We all have inner child work. We all have familial histories, pressures, expectations. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it comes down to asking yourself the most important questions, which are, who am I? What do I want? And what is my purpose? And for those who are courageous and bold enough to answer those questions with truth, those are the people that can live in their authentic power. 
And when you can do that, you understand that you truly have the opportunity to create anything it is that you desire. But if you're constantly running away from these opportunities or dodging the questions or hoping that somehow things will shift, it doesn't work that way. Hope is not a strategy, right? I heard that a long time ago and it stuck with me. Hope is not a strategy. You have to set the intention. And, and just like we set the intention at the beginning of this podcast, I set intention every day. Before I open my eyes, I say to myself, today my intention is whatever that is. And I write it down in my journal every morning. And mm-hmm. whether or not I repeat those words to myself throughout the day, sometimes yes, sometimes no, I've already put it out there. I've already set the intention because I know that when I set the intention, then my life unfolds in the way that I want it to, as opposed to allowing for all the external to get in my way and to cause disruption. Man, I think we could stop the podcast right now. <laughs> I don't even know what I just said, by the way. That just almost like comes out of me. <laughs> I I'm it. very passionate about this topic. That's right. That's right. No, I love it. And of course, like we have our, our past selves and I want to get to that, right? Like you're, I think you said maybe you weren't living with intention um, in the past and, and you certainly feel like you're being more your authentic self now. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge. I definitely want to get to that story. Um, but you also said a bunch of really good things for like right now with how you're living right now. Um, you said you start your day by setting intention. Mm-hmm. You write it in your journal. Um, tell me more about that. Tell me more of these actions that you're doing right now to what? resist those external things to sort of chip away at that authentic self. Well, you know what I've learned, I love what you said, Bobby, before it, that intention is discovery, right? Because mm-hmm. We're constantly peeling back the layers and anybody that's done any sort of mindset work, therapy, personal development work, right? You know that the more layers you peel back, the more layers there are to peel back. It just keeps going and it's beautiful. And that's part of the fun. That's part of the journey. That's part of the experience, right? So for me, intention is really about what is the feeling. And I I teach this in one of my signature courses. And we talk about the difference between intentions and goals, And they go together, but they are different. And the way that I describe it is that a goal or a to-do is something that is a tangible thing. Maybe it has a timeline. Maybe it's something that needs to be done in a certain way. But an intention is around how do you feel? And Mm. when you set intention around how do you want to feel, which is really about embodying, you know, this idea of self, this idea of discovery, this idea of peeling back the layers, that's where intention comes into play. So I teach what I do, right? That that's how I operate. And, you know, I'm a student of my own life and I'm a student of everything that I, that I teach and I practice and I revise and I discover and I learn more and I make shifts as need be. But I absolutely have found tremendous positive impact based on being intentional with how I start my day how I create whatever it is that I'm creating, how I raise my children, how I run my business, you know, even how I take care of my body. And and on the days when I don't do it, because, you know, I'm human, I'm not 100% perfect all the time. Thank goodness, that would be weird. I'm not a robot. I'm happy to not be a robot. But on the days when I don't set the intention, I feel it. You yeah. know, I feel off. I don't feel in alignment. I feel, I feel like some part of me is missing. Because I haven't taken that 
that inner role of authentic power. And it's not about control. It's not like, oh, I've got to grip the wheel so tight and control everything in my life. It's I want to be running my ship, right? And I run my ship by setting the intention. 100%. Wow. Like you, you, you even nailed two things that like for me seem almost fleeting or, or just tough to describe the nuance. Um, when I'm talking about this idea of intention, number one, you made the distinction between goals and intentions, which I can't tell you how many times I feel myself doing that, um, for folks that, um, you know, read, read what I put out in the world, um, ask me about my work, like inevitably, when somebody hears for the first time, like, oh, you're writing a book on intention, they immediately just go, oh, so like goals. Right. And I really appreciate you making the distinction where, like, how does that manifest itself? I, th- I think you kind of said, uh, it, that's the, the second part that you said really well, is it manifests itself as feelings mm-hmm. um, and how you want to feel. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, a classic example that I like to give, because I think I think most people can relate to this. And if we look at, look at a goal of wanting to lose 10 pounds, right? I think most adults have probably experienced that at some point in their life. That's right. So you you have this goal, right? It's New Year's or whatever time it is. I'm going to lose 10 pounds. I'm going to lose my COVID-20, whatever it is. Um, That's a goal, right? It's great. You have to take, you know, if you follow the smart goals kind of principle, right? You have to be specific, measurable, actionable, relatable, time sensitive, Mm -hmm. right? So you do all these things. But And that's great. And to set goals, having those metrics in place is really beneficial and really important to hold yourself accountable and to get to where you want to go. But the question then becomes, why are you losing the 10 pounds? And that's where the intention comes comes in. What does losing the 10 pounds do for you? So losing the 10 pounds, yeah, the number is going to be lighter on the scale. Your clothes are going to fit better. But why is that important to you? How does that make you feel? And that's Mm. your intention. So It makes you feel more energetic. It makes you feel like you can keep up with your kids more. It helps you sleep better. It helps you feel more rested. It helps you feel uh, healthier, right? So these are all the things around the intention. So my intention, therefore, is to feel healthier and more energized and to really feel like I'm nurturing my physical body. My goal to do so is to lose 10 pounds. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, no, I think that nails it really well. How I talk about it in the book, um, the book, The Five Buckets, that sort of prompted this whole journey of mine. Um, I I call, I define an intention, a planned moment we want to experience. Mm. It sort of seeds this, um, the idea that you speak of seeds these feelings, as opposed to when we set goals, we're just only thinking about the goal, right? We, We sort of we sort of don't, maybe don't even remember what those feelings look, are like or or even understand them to begin with, right? We, we maybe don't know what it's going to feel like to lose 10 pounds. So I would argue it's maybe a better practice to say, you know, I intend to make myself a healthy meal, right? Mm-hmm. Or I intend mm-hmm. to um, run to, you know, Sunset Ridge Park um, tomorrow for, uh, you know, in the middle of the day, right? And we do this behavior and it goes from, us having this perceptual context of what it's like to be 10 pounds lighter, or what it's like to run, uh, you know, in the, in the sun of Southern California or, or wherever you live or to eat a healthy meal, right? A, you know, vegetable, you know, focused, um, you know, meal, you know, some sliced fruit, something organic. I don't know. Right. Um, but once we actually act on that intention, then we switch our, our sort of 
um, perceptual context to experiential context. Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, I, I actually know what that feels like, right? right? And that can sort of give us that motivation, that momentum to ultimately fulfill that goal of 10 pounds. Right. And, and I also like to talk about it. This is something I've been kind of playing around with more recently is uh, to your point of how I don't know how I'm going to feel. How am I going to feel? I, I've never experienced this. Mm-hmm. So if you can phrase it to yourself, right, because all of this is kind of playing around with our minds. As humans, we are quite complex and there's so much nuance and so much story and so much that is is unique to each of us based on our past experience, our present, et cetera. But if you can phrase whatever it is that you're doing in the form of what if, what if I felt healthier? What if I had more energy? What would my life look like? Mm. What if I had more money? What kind of freedom would that give me? What if I was the most successful salesperson in my organization? How would that make me feel? And so by phrasing it in this way of what if, I believe that it allows you to really tap into this. It's fun and it allows you to get creative and visualize and to really start to play around with, huh, what would that feel like? How would I be different? How would my life change? And therefore, when you start to tap into those feelings and you start to tap into that joy and whatever it is that is that is calling to you, then you start to manifest what it is that you desire because you are now attracting the pleasure of what it is that you've set up in this what if scenario. Mm. You just keep banging out the hits, Hallie. Love it. Love <laughs> I mean, it. this stuff is so fun for me. I I just like, I just have so much fun with it. It's great. It's like, there's so much self-discovery to happen for each person. And so sometimes much when you're in the middle of it. To happen for each person. 100% right. There's right? a lot. Like it's, 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 it's an endless loop. <laughs> endless. Endless loop. And it's, um, it's fascinating. And sometimes when we're in the middle of it, we can't see it. Right. Mm. And, and I've been there. I've been in that place where I just, I can't focus. I can't see the forest for the trees. I can't get out of my own way. We've all been there for, you know, in different experiences. But if you can kind of step out of yourself and get into this place of how can I set intention and how can I really tap into my authentic power and how can I allow myself to visualize what it is that I really want and be truthful with myself, regardless of, again, external expectations and stories. That's a big piece. That's something that I work with my clients on a lot is how do you step away from what you've been told your whole life so that you can rewrite the narrative that you want right now in the present moment? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you said that it's fun. Like you have, you seem to have joy in this experience. Right. And I think, um, uh, you know, I, I think having that joy, like making it fun, like realizing that self-discovery is is an act of gratitude, right? It's an act of being thankful for the opportunities and even the challenges that are in front of us. Now, that said, like we also, and you mentioned this, you touched on this, right? We have those times that are, we don't really see it that way. They're a little challenging. They're a little tough. Um, I, you actually posted something the other day about um, a term that just is always in my life. It's it's a term that I think was coined by my favorite author, Stephen Pressfield, and it's this idea of resistance. Mm-hmm. And you talked about resistance in a really interesting way, or I should say you wrote about it um, on LinkedIn the other day. You actually said resistance is attraction, 
Resistance is attraction. You brought up a story about your first pregnancy Mm -hmm. um, and and it really just hit me. I really just loved it. Um, Can you talk a little bit about how you see resistance um, as attraction? Yeah. And it was something that I was reading um, by Abraham Hicks, who, of course, is kind of known for the law of attraction, not the founder of necessarily, but certainly well known for that, the concept of the law of attraction. And it's like attracts like. And when you are attracting good, then you're attracting positive. It feels great. But you also attract what you resist, because if you're putting the energy out there of what you're resisting, what you don't want, that's creating energy and everything is energy. So by saying, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, while you're maybe unintentionally calling that into your life. And the story I shared is, you know, this is way before I did any personal development work or self-discovery. My my oldest is 13 now. And when I was pregnant with him, I like wanted to be like the coolest pregnant chick ever. You know, I don't need a birth plan. Everything is cool. I'm so good. I just don't want a C-section. I'm so good. I don't want a C-section. This pregnancy is great. I don't want a C-section. I mean, I literally said that for nine months and we'd go to our birthing classes and we'd practice breathing. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm a tall woman. I've got like a solid frame. I'm going to have no problem getting this baby out the normal way, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm good. I don't need a birth plan. I just don't want a C-section. So, you know, I'm at my nine week, my nine month checkup, my like 39 weeks. The doctor says, guess what? The baby's upside down, feet first or butt first. You're going to have to have a C-section. I was like, what? You know, and I lost it and I felt like a failure and I felt like I had just ruined my life and everything felt like it was falling apart. And, you know, I'm not saying that because I said I don't want a C-section, that's why it happened that way. But what I learned from the experience is, you know, if I had gone into it with more of an open mind, instead of putting out this energy so strongly about, I don't want a C-section, then I would have been able to enjoy the experience that much more because I would have been open to all the possibilities, which is really what it comes down to. Because how many times have we had a situation where we've resisted something? We said, I don't want this thing to happen. And then poof, what happens? The thing that you don't want is because you're putting out all the energy around what you're resisting. But if you look at resistance as an opportunity to grow and expand and to push outside your comfort zone, you know, one of my favorite quotes is everything I want is on the other side of fear. Everything I want is on the other side of fear. And what is fear? It is resistance. It is pushing out of your comfort zone. It's dealing with the unknown. But if you can take a breath and realize that when you are in that space of this is new, unknown, uncomfortable, and yet I'm going to face this and I'm going to see what I can learn on the other side with open arms, that experience is going to be so much more powerful and beneficial than if you are constantly pushing against it and and doing this dance and this struggle with the resistance and the fear. Thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, I I just can't even relate to the, I think just the, the, the high of like the confidence that you're feeling and um, in your ability to have a quote, normal pregnancy. And then the, the perceived low of like, darn it. (laughs) This this was not my expectation. This was not in the cards um, of, of having a C-section um, and to come out with that realization of seeing it 
um, A is something you you just could have approached differently. Like um, that that definitely sounds like growth to me. Um, and B, figuring out how you can kind of carry that through um, the rest of your life. Like that's just 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 bravo. That's certainly self discovery. Well, and, uh, and I just want to add, like the follow up to that story is. So I have three kids, and mm-hmm. they're uh, so my oldest is thirteen, my my middle is eleven, and then my youngest is seven and a half. And because of where I live, they only if you've had one C section, the rest are C sections. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. So going into the following two pregnancies, I knew that was the plan. And I'll tell you, it was so easy. My recovery was so easy. It was like a breeze. Everything was scheduled. I knew when it was going to happen. I felt really confident. I could go back on confirmation that I've been through this before and it wasn't so bad. I recovered quickly. And I had a really beautiful experience with each of my children's births. Mm. And yeah, I could have kicked and screamed. I could have resisted. I could have forced that I want to have a VBAC, a vaginal birth after C-section. But I didn't. I was like leaning into it. This is what it is. And it's great. And I tell you, I recovered easily. I, my children came out perfectly healthy, beautiful. I was healthy. Everything was great. And I know that that, that huge shift between the first experience and the second and third was tremendously powerful for me. Mm. I sense it. I can feel it. Um, and yeah, that was what I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you, you know, you said, um, and, and it sounds logical. It sounds smart, right? Like it's based on the energy we put out there, right? And if we're putting energy of what we sort of don't want, we're bound to attract that. In this scenario, in this example of 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 the potential of having a C-section, what, what did not putting that energy look like uh, or not putting out that negative energy look like in – Pregnancies two and three. I mean, I was just so, um, I was so calm. Hmm. You know, I just had this really uh, confident, self-assured. I knew how it was going to go. And I was confident that this was the way that it was meant to be. And it was no reflection on my physical body. It was a reflection that my physical body could handle the C-section. I'm feeling confident that my doctors are taking care of me that my babies are going to be healthy, healthily delivered, healthfully, whatever the correct word is. <laughs> and, you know, it was all good. And I had the support that I needed from family and friends to help me recover afterwards. And I bounced back. I had so many people right after all of my C-sections and they would say to me, I can't believe you are like walking around within 24 hours of being, you know, sliced open. But mind over matter, right? Mm-hmm. Because I knew that I could do this and I knew that this was how it was meant to be for me. And that was absolutely beautiful. So again, if I had resisted, it would have been much more difficult. And this comes up all the time. You know, if you look at all sorts of medical scenarios, right? I know Dr. Joe Dispenza likes to tell, you know, a variety of stories around, you know, medical situations where people are, you know, in acceptance and, and kind of willing to have a positive outcome and it, and it works that way. Um, I can't cite any of them in particular, but I know that he talks about that frequently, but it's, it's really, you know, we create the energy that, that we receive. So it's going to work either positive or negative and you have to decide. So that comes back to being the creator of your own life. What does it mean to be your truest self? How do you really be your authentic you? Who is that? You know, who is Bobby? Who is Hallie? What are we about? We are not a person that somebody designed. Yes, we come from parents, we come from families, we come from friends, schools, work, etc. But at the end of the day, we are who we are because of who we are and our choices. That's right. 
That's right. We are students of intention and we are uh, folks that accept, um, you know, things as they come. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, or at least learn, learn to do that as much as we can. Um, thanks again for sharing that story. So I, I want to take this opportunity to now go backwards and bring it um, back to the, the um, I think what you shared at the top of the show with regards to, you know, this Hallie hasn't always been like this. Hallie hasn't always been a student of intention. Um, I know you, you know, uh, from a business perspective, you spent time in B2B sales. You worked at um, at ADP, the behemoth payroll company that I'm very yep. familiar with. I have a, okay. a lot of good friends that hang their hat there. Um, and I'm excited to hear this, this sort of seeds of this transformation, the seeds of self-development where you started leaning into your authentic self because that's, you know, that's, that's a lot of ways been my world, um, corporate B2B sales. Um, in so many words. So yeah, let's take a, let's, let's take a trip down memory lane. What did those first steps look like? Um, what did realization look like? What did discovery look like? Tell us more. Yeah. Well, I will, I will share that I really didn't have that discovery until I was about 38. So I'm, I'm turning 42 in a couple of weeks and I don't know when this airs, but I might already be 42 when this comes out. Um, no, we, we, we pump these out pretty quick. We'll have this. Okay. Up. Okay, Wait. cool. Well, I'm, I'm about two weeks out for no three weeks out for my birthday. So um, in All any right. event, I would say that I'll just share that I'm a firstborn and my, I only have one brother. He is seven years younger than me and there are no other kids in my family. So I didn't have cousins until I was already a teenager. The reason I share this is because I grew up in a family of adults. So I was basically an adult from the time I was born, <laughs> you know, an old soul, if you will, but also just, you know, living amongst adults. And so I was modeling adult behavior, which nothing wrong with that. It's just, it is. And I always felt like there was a very specific path that I was intended to follow. I didn't question it. I just did it. You know, you go to school, you graduate high school with good grades, you go to a four-year university, you graduate that four-year university, you get a job in corporate, you climb the corporate ladder. My initial um, idea when I started at ADP was I'm going to be sitting in that corner office as a CEO. I had no idea what that meant, by the way, but <laughs> that sounded really exciting to be the Sound boss cool. and to be the chief, mm -hmm. right? And I just thought that this was how you lived your life. So you did all these things. And at some point you got married and you bought a house and you had the kids and the kids went to daycare or something. I didn't know. But, you know, this is the behavior that I modeled because this is what I had seen. And I never questioned it. I just did it. And it was all fine and good until it wasn't. And what I mean by that is, you know, I was doing my thing. I was successful. I was making money. I was hitting top ranks in sales. And I realized at some point, right before actually my son was born, I was miserable. I hated it. It was awful. It wasn't me. So then I, I thought I'd try out, well, maybe I'll be a stay-at-home mom. Because then I thought, well, if I'm not going to be this corporate woman, I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom, like full-time, you know, raise my kids. Well, that didn't really work out either because <laughs> I love being a mom. I love my kids. But being a full-time stay-at-home mom also wasn't really fulfilling my purpose and my passion. And at that point, my husband had started his business. He has a computer support company locally. And he said, well, what if you work for me part-time? I could use your help in sales and you can be with the kids part-time. Why don't you do that? And I thought, okay, well, this will kind of bridge the gap. I'll have both worlds. Um, but it turned out that it was, you know, they say that when you kind of half-ass something, you get 
you don't get it on, you know, you don't benefit on either on either side of that. And that was basically what happened. So I felt like I wasn't feeling purposeful or successful in the sales, even though I was helping my husband grow his business. I didn't feel purposeful or successful raising my children because even though I was doing all the things, it didn't feel like it was something very fun for me. It always felt obligatory and I was running around, taking the places, joining the committees, but I didn't want to do it. So nothing felt fun for me. And I lived for many years in this space of frustration, resentment, and anger. And the more time that went on, the more frustration, resentment, and anger popped up. And it finally turned into this place in my life where I was pissed off. I was like, this sucks. I don't want to live this life. I I don't know what I did to deserve this, but I am a victim of this circumstance. And I feel like I've been cheated of my existence. I no longer, you know, have this dream of being the CEO. I have these kids and now I'm strapped to and I don't know what to do with. And I'm stuck with this husband that, you know, he's not fulfilling my needs in many ways and I'm stuck and I'm frustrated. So I, you know, wanted to escape. And so what do you do when you want to escape? You go, you know, do things that you shouldn't be doing like drinking and partying and hanging out with people that kind of fulfill those fantasies because it feels like they know, oh, there's this mysterious life out there that will solve all your problems. But in fact, it doesn't solve your problems because the problems are within. And so, you know, that resulted in a lot of uh, hard times. Fortunately, I'll tell the, the flip side of that story is my husband and I made a conscious choice to work through our problems and to work through our communication that had been lacking. We did therapy and we are stronger than ever. We've been together since, um, I guess I was 20 years old. Yeah. So we've been married 18 years and together 21. And, um, you know, we always say that that's when we really grew up was when we went through that point in time where we had to do this self-discovery and realize there'd been a lot of things that we hadn't been telling each other. And a lot of couples don't necessarily get through that part of, part of their life. And I feel very grateful and fortunate that we did. Um, And that was really where, you know, I had this turning point, like I have to make some changes in my life. If I'm going to enjoy my life, if I'm truly going to be authentic and create my own fucking life that I want to live, then I need to show up and I need to communicate and I need to ask myself the questions. And, you know, it's not, I'm not a victim. And it's no one else's fault. It's not external, it's internal. Mm. And that's been the biggest shift. And once I started putting practices into place, like meditation, journaling, saying affirmations, asking myself these questions every single day, right? That's how I started living intentionally. That's how I manifested everything that I've built, including my own business, which is thriving. And it's so fun for me. And fun is a huge part of of who I am. So I talk a lot about core values and the four core values that I write down every day are authenticity, freedom, fun, and love. And those are four values that I hold near and dear to my heart. And everything that I do has to be in alignment with those four values or at least some combination. And if it's not, then it's a no for me. And that's the bottom line. But I didn't know that until I went through that journey. Sounds like quite the journey. Thank you again for sharing that. I mean, uh, you know, the the big lesson I, I take out of that um, is one I think needs restated. And it's, 
it's the lesson that like these external factors, particularly big external factors like job and marriage, right? Mm -hmm. Are not, they're they're not the things causing all the problems in our life. And they're not the things that are going to cause all the happiness in our life. But we all go through these times where we're like, no, that's it, right? Like if I go from job A to job B, like that's going to make the fulfillment you know, box checked. If um, I'm not feeling right, right, like what's directly in my path or my way is this other human being that, you know, at one point or another, like I really loved and they loved me back. And, um, but for some reason we think like, well, no, that's, that's the resistance. That's the thing standing in my way. And I need to go away from that. Mm-hmm. But, um, and, it, and kudos to you for like, um, you know, getting through that, particularly the marriage part. Cause most of us like, Let's be honest. We, when we face hard times, like, again, that's the thing that's right in our way. That's literally the person that's closest to us. Right. So the person that um, is going to get the shrapnel, um, the explosions, um, and you guys leaned into it and you got through it. So, so bravo. And again, the lesson I think is like, no, what you learned is like, no, those things actually didn't really do it. Right. It was inviting, um, you know, principles of living into your life. It was inviting meditation into your life. It was looking inward as opposed to external. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we get this chicken egg thing going where we're like, well, if I become the CEO, then I'll do all the really good things that make me feel whole. As opposed to if I do all the things that make me feel whole, then maybe I'll become a CEO or maybe I won't. But either way, I'll certainly feel better. Right. Well, it's this whole like if then scenario, right? Which I know it's really easy to get caught up in that story, right? If only this, then this. Mm. But the if onlys are where we get ourselves in trouble and where we get stuck in these loops. Because it's not if only, you got to create it right now, right? Mm. So when I had this idea in my head that life was meant to be a certain way, and then it wasn't meeting my expectations, I like completely wigged out because I had no idea what to do. And I felt lost and confused, right? Because I hadn't opened myself up to, there's a lot of other possibilities. And I was so dependent on these external circumstances for making me feel satisfied, successful, happy, et cetera. But like you said, that's not where the happiness and joy comes from. It has to come from within, right? The money doesn't give you the happiness. The success doesn't give you the happiness, Mm -mm. right? I mean, so many super successful humans will tell you I'm miserable. Why are they miserable? Because they're not listening to their heart and they're not following who they truly are. They're not living their authentic life. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, let's talk specifically about, um, I guess these paths that started to present themselves once you you're kicking yourself in the butt a little bit and saying, I got to take care of myself. I've yep. got the life that I want to, um, I want to feel the way I want to feel. I want to do the things that make me feel the way I want to feel. Um, but then it sounds like, you know, paths had presented themselves in the form of doing some different kinds of work of maybe even living a different marriage um, or at least being a, a, yes, living a different marriage, I guess is, is probably a fine way to say it. Um, what did these paths presenting themselves look like? If you can remember that. Um, and like, what did it look like to sort of say, okay, well, I want to go down this path. <laughs> like I want to make these changes. I mean, you know, it's funny in the beginning, it felt like I had to start making changes externally to my body. And that's where I kind of associated, you know, the pain and the, 
the struggle with myself because I had neglected my own physical needs for a long time while I was in this escapism, toxic headspace. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, like I said, I was drinking, I was partying, I wasn't sleeping well, my hormones were out of whack. I wasn't taking care of my physical vessel. So initially I was like, oh, well, I got to just lose some weight, <laughs> lose some weight, get mm -hmm. some more exercise, get some better sleep, you know, kind of tap into that. Um, but what I realized as I started to take control of my physical body, I realized that it was my mindset that I needed to shift. So one of the biggest um, catalysts for me for shifting my mindset was doing personal development reading every single day. And I started with the book, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. And uh, I don't know if you've read that one, Bobby. I have not, but it's, I like it. It's fantastic. It's a quick read. And I'll, I'll sum it up in a quote from Darren Hardy, which is, Small, consistent actions over time equal radical results. Small, and consistent actions, actions over time equal radical results. And that really hit me hard, like really hard, because it wasn't about fixing what I had broken. It was about taking small, consistent actions over the rest of my life to create the radical results that I was seeking. And so what that started for me looking like was, um, like I said, reading every day. So I read about 10 minutes a day to start with. Um, I did that for a couple of months. Then I started thinking, how can I expand upon this? I started listening to podcasts. And the funny thing, this is what this was in 2018. Mm -hmm. And I'd never heard of a podcast before then. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even know how to like access them. I'm like, what is a podcast? How do you do that? Is that like an app? Like, what, what does that mean? It's funny because I'm now kind of obsessed, but, um, <laughs> but yeah. So then I started listening to podcasts and I started getting more interested in the psychology and the positive psychology and learning about things like, you know, neuroplasticity and neurolinguistic programming and rewriting your story and intention setting and affirmations. So I just started to layer on the different levels. And as I peeled back the layers, I would also layer on the actions that would help me get to this intentional place of living. And, you know, it's a journey. It's, it's, it's ongoing. It's not like I've, I've made it because I, I don't want to ever make it. I want to keep going. Right. So uh -huh. I just keep building on it and expanding and learning and increasing my knowledge and adding in things where it makes sense or taking away others that I no longer need. Um, but it started looking like, you know, me showing up for myself better. So I physically started feeling better me showing up in my marriage better. So we had much better communication. We had much better love. We had much better intimacy. It looked like me showing up as a better mom, having better communication with my children, giving them more, you know, relevant parenting and helping support my family in that way, being more in partnership with my husband in all the ways that we raise our family. Um, you know, in my business, it looked like me getting to share my story with other people like yourself and to really help people transform and find their own nuggets of how do I peel back my own layers and how do I really discover my own inner truth and inner wisdom. And, um, you know, I, I keep, I keep going and every day I have new discoveries. I worked with two clients yesterday who each have, you know, beautiful stories and beautiful energy and, you know, they're dealing with stuff, but we're peeling back the layers and we're making plans and helping put accountability into place because it's all a journey, right? And we need support and we don't exist in silos, but we need to be willing to do the work on ourselves. And we need to be willing to do that in a reflection because that's really where you find all the answers is within. And sometimes you just need that, um, 
that influence from the outside to help you see shine a brighter light on the inside. Mm, mm. I want to talk about the support piece that you just mentioned there. Um, and, and again, just, I could just listen to you talk about stuff all day. It's, uh, <laughs> Thank you. you know, beautifully said, I can tell you've, you've really just embodied these, these, um, these ideas, these, these frankly simple concepts that, um, mm -hmm. quote Ryan holiday aren't easy. Um, they're simple, but not easy. Um, and it just comes out in, in, in how you speak. So, um, you know, thank you again, um, for sharing, um, all the stories and, um, and your own takeaways. But, um, yeah, you mentioned the support piece, particularly the support you give for your clients now. How did the support, I, 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 so I say there's three phases to living with intention. There's action, right? Action is the answer. Action is where we, you know, you had to start taking care of yourself. You had to start having yep. better conversations. You had to start um, showing up for your kids differently. And then that spurred this, um, this discovery, this awareness of, okay, well, actually, this is what this life feels this way. And I kind of want to feel that way more, right? Like you, you gain this awareness. But then what's beautiful about life and the universe is we get a little help. We get a little support. Um, you know, resources come to our aid, so to speak. Um, in my own journey with intention, right? When I started writing the book, it was crazy. I just started writing. I started, um, you know, following that path and discovering my own awareness of like what I could write, what this idea of living with intention meant in my own unique, um, you know, time and space. And weird things started to happen. I got introduced by an old buddy from Ohio to a person that had self-published a book here in, in LA, and he was a transplant as well. He introduced me then to my uh, editor on the project. Her name's Jennifer. And as soon as I met her, she happened to be a poet as well, which I write a lot of poetry. She was reading Eckhart Tolle as a new earth. So mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a second, this is a poet. That's an editor. That's also studying intention in her own way. And we just like, you know, we got along like peas and carrots and she ultimately helped bring my book to life. Um, and there's story after story. Like once I started from a health perspective, I met this guy, Ryan Kearney, that, um, as a former college athlete, like, I, you, you would think I know a thing or two about health. You'd think, uh, you know, as a wrestler too, like I would know how to lose weight, how to be healthy, so to speak. But man, I just treated my body really poorly for 10 years. And like that old way of like, of getting healthy just wasn't serving me. And I just couldn't get over this hump. And this guy, Ryan comes in my life and introduces me to tea and introduces me to meditation, introduces me to the, really the power of food and the food that we put in our bodies. Mm -hmm. um, long story long, like resources came to my aid um, and they still do. What about you? What, what, what resources, opportunities, support, what things have sort of showed up in your life? In that I mean, so many. I think the easiest one for me to pinpoint is the people, right? The people resources. So um, I know we talked before we hit record about a new partnership I have with Simon Parsons, who's going to be on your show shortly. So he and I met through LinkedIn. I'm not even sure exactly how we met through LinkedIn, but you know, again, universe brings us together. Turns out that we've got many synergies. We share a lot of ideas that are the same. 
Um, we always joke that we're mindset twinners and I know twinner is not even a word, but it's, you know, our word. So <laughs> we say we're, we're mindset twinners and we've been doing for the past um, eight months or so, we've been hosting these uh, monthly community workshops called GM sessions that we turned into a challenge in May. And we're going to be doing a podcast and putting out more challenges going forward. So that's been a huge blessing and a huge opportunity that, you know, we've never met in person. I'm in Santa Barbara, California. He's in Salt Lake City you know, there's, there's really no reason, so to speak, that we should have come together and had such a great way to collaborate. And yet it's happening. Awesome. Um, I have another super, super amazing close friend named Odessa Christiana, who is a gem. She is also, she calls herself the imagination queen. She is also a mindset um, a guru. And again, somebody that there's really no reason that we should have met, but we've become you know, she's become one of my very closest friends and somebody that I can confide in with all, all the things and we just get each other. So the universe, I believe, brought us together because we need each other and we need each other's support and kindness and love and creativity and fun and all of it. So those are just two, two people that have come into my life, but so many opportunities. I've just been given, you know, opportunities to take courses or to learn something or to read a book or to be on a podcast like this. The fact that you reached out to me, Bobby, it's again, not coincidence. So I, I feel so blessed and supported and loved by the universe for all of the opportunities that have come my way that have been such a massive shift from where I was even four years ago, four years ago, I was at one of my lowest lows in my life and I literally could not see outside of my low. And I remember waking up in the morning and thinking, oh my God, what have I done to my life? I don't know how I'm ever going to get out of this. Literally, like the pit in my stomach, I felt sad. I felt discouraged. I didn't know that there was going to be a way out. And I think of where I am now and everything that has come to be. And I'm so incredibly grateful. And I also celebrate myself for taking that active role. It didn't just happen because I prayed for it. You know, yes, I pray. I say my gratitude. I meditate. But I take action. And when you align with the action of your core values and your intentions, everything falls into place because you're putting out that energy. Mm. Well said. Well said. And... I think that's a, the other piece I want to ask real quick on, on like Simon as an example, right? Like these, these opportunities, these people, the support, right? This stuff shows up, but it takes us accepting it. It takes mm -hmm. us um, understanding that it exists, being aware of it. Um, what did that look like to try? Like, cause, cause you're right. Like a lot of, and a lot of people would say, uh, somebody hits me up on LinkedIn. They're from Salt Lake. I'm Santa Barbara. Like what? And, and again, you, you actually don't even remember how you guys came into contact, but right. right. People hear that story and they're like, I, I wouldn't connect with that person. I wouldn't do that. Like what, what, I guess put, put ourselves in your shoes and the mindset that you had to make sure that you, you take advantage of what the universe is giving you. So I want to talk about something that I feel really passionately about. And I talk about often, and this is one of the hardest hardest things for people to really wrap their brains around is this concept of surrender, right? Surrender and trust. And I have a quote, I was just looking on my whiteboard next to me and it says, 
I surrender and I activate my life. And that is something that I, I literally look at and say to myself every day, I surrender and I activate my life, meaning I trust that the universe is providing for me and presenting opportunities for me because I am loved and because I'm putting out the energy that I desire to bring in. And when I surrender, I therefore set the ball into motion and I set those activations into play, right? So like you said, how did I get to work with Simon, trust him, begin this collaboration, this partnership? Yeah, could I have blown it off and been like, I'm not gonna you know, connect with this dude. I don't really know him. Of course, but I trusted and I surrendered and I thought there's something special here. Let's play around with this and see where it goes. And we had, we've only run one challenge so far. We had over 50 people in that challenge changing their life really taking action. We, we focused on a morning routine and the growth that people experienced and the community that they built in this short amount of time during our five-day challenge, it was freaking awesome. So I know that the universe has my back and I know that this idea of surrendering and trusting and just allowing for life to unfold in the way that it's meant to, that is how it's meant to be. And I'm going to keep on with my positive energy and putting out my activation because it's going to keep providing and showing up in the way that it's meant to. Boom. Boom. <laughs> I surrender and activate my life. You say that every day. I, I, love I do. It. I do. It's on my whiteboard right there. <laughs> I love that one. I love that one. Well, now you're doing this stuff for other people. You're, you're supporting other folks. You're, you know, you even mentioned this workshop with Simon um, or this challenge, I should say. Um, tell, tell me more about the work that you're doing, the people you work with um, and what that looks like. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I kind of bounce around to decide what works for me. I love teaching. I'm definitely called to be in a teaching capacity, teach in a group. That's something that really speaks speaks to me. So I have a signature course that is all about self-love. It's really geared toward women and it's around self-love and manifesting. And I've run that group three times and it's going to be happening again in September. So stay tuned if any women listening are interested in that. Um, I do a little bit of one-on-one -on -one coaching, but like I said, I gravitate more toward the toward the group environment. So Simon and I are putting together some more challenges and workshops, and that will be co-ed. Um, I host workshops twice a month that are free for the community for both the new moon and the full moon because I love to tap into the spiritual side and the astrology. Those are open to anybody that's interested. And um, I have a really active Facebook group for women. I'm, again, looking to expand into more of a co-ed co-ed opportunity um, and putting out more courses. So I have some pre-recorded, uh, some pre-recorded options that, you know, if people are interested in, um, I have a course on LinkedIn, actually on LinkedIn learning called unlocking your potential. So mm -hmm. that's a really fun course. And again, meant for meant for business professionals that are looking for how do I really tap into a deeper side of myself and then unleash that power in the workplace. Oh, 
Hallie, you've been such a good guest. Um, Thank you. I'm gonna give you. I mean, I could ask you questions all day. I actually have one more question, but also okay. want to give you some space if you have anything that's on your mind that you want to sure. discuss um, before we, uh, you know, before we call it a pod. But um, but yeah, that last point about um, about workplace, right, and bringing this into the workplace, I, and this is just something I've been wrestling with. I don't know if you've ever wrestled with this, but um, when I first started, you know writing down my own intentions. When I started writing about living with intention in in the form of the book, when I started podcasting and um, writing my weekly newsletter, I very much was like, okay, there's this student of intention guy over here on the right. Um, I don't, I don't quite know who he is, but he, he sort of looks like an artist maybe. And then there's this, this guy, Bobby, that I, I know really well that's been in the work world, particularly in the software technology sales space, um, as a sales leader for for much of my career, right, for about you know, almost 15 years. And I saw these as two separate people. And like, literally, it was like, I almost kind of have to like put this this sales guy aside to make room for this artist. And it wasn't until recently that I'm like, well, that's just silly. And 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 I, I, I'm still me and, and in my consulting work, like, I've brought this stuff to the table, right? Like people, people notice when they interact with me now, right? Like I, I teach sales methodology with a little bit of flair, a little different lens, we'll say. Um, but I'm still, I'm still forging that connection. I'm still figuring out how those worlds connect. Cause to me, again, it, it seemed like they, they maybe weren't meant to, to, to be that way. But I think you, you've maybe are a little step ahead in that regard. Um, what, what do you think? Is that is that accurate? What do you think about bridging this, the mindset, uh, the idea of living with intention, bringing it to um, like the space that you you were really much a part of um, the last 20 years, which is like B2B corporate sales? Right. Well, I'll tell you, if I knew when I if I knew what I know now about mindset and about productivity and about how to apply it in a professional setting, I would have kicked so much more ass at ADP and I did pretty damn well as it was. So I'll just say that. But look, I mean, they go hand in hand, right? We, we can't isolate. We don't just live intentionally in our family life or in our personal life. And then when we go to work, we put that aside. I believe that mindset is lifestyle, right? And personal development, it's all lifestyle, self-awareness. The more self-aware you can be, the more you can understand how your mindset positively impacts everything that you do, the more successful you're going to be in every part of your life, your family life, your love life, your money life, whatever you do professionally, whether you're in sales, you're an entrepreneur, you're an employee, you're in management, whatever it is that you do, if you understand how you work, how you operate, what your triggers are, what motivates you, right? If you understand how to activate your mindset, then you are going to be much more successful, calm, joyful, etc., in all aspects of your life. So I love that you are, you know, figuring out how to bridge the gap. And, you know, this is not a story that's been told. This is kind of, you know, in the past, the work that we're talking about is kind of been like, new age, frou-frou, blah, blah. You know, you guys are too woo-woo. For the artists. <laughs> yeah, the artists, right? Cool. But how about we start, you know, expanding that into acceptance because it's just being human and you can look at it however you want to. It doesn't mean that you have to start, you know, praying to crystals and, 
you know, having statues all over your house and altars. I mean, if you want to, that's cool. I like that stuff. That doesn't mean everybody does. <laughs> but if you can understand how to activate your mindset by understanding neuroplasticity, by understanding what does it mean to activate your reticular activating system, by what does it mean to tap into authenticity and setting intention and, you know, looking at intuitive guidance, right? There's so much wisdom there that translates in the professional world that it just equates to massive success. And that's how you really blow it up and get everything that you desire. Simply stated, right? <laughs> yeah, simply stated. No, I mean, it's, it's funny, though, there is that I, I think you taught you hinted at like the stigma. The stigma, right? And, and I and I was feeling that I still feel that. And at the same time, like, you're just like, if you take a step back and you just think about this logically, like, yes, you would have kicked way more butt at ADP. 100%. Yes, like, I built sales teams at, you know, seed stage startups at, you know, uh, corporate companies um, as a consultant. And I'm like, and I was really successful in my own right. And it's like, but I know for the fact that I would be way more successful if I was as healthy as I am now. I would have been way right. more successful as if as uh, if I had been as intentional as I am now, as if I had been more methodical about how I showed up every single day. Yet when I, um, you know, when we still, I think, interact with the corporate folk, right? My peers, my friends, my customers, there's still this like, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if we have space to figure out like how authenticity um uh, leads to the bottom line. Um, we need to make space for more like, um, you know, prospecting training and training on like how to qualify a customer or like how to talk about a product better. Um, but I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, those, those, are, those are good skills, right? Like you need Correct. those too. You need those too. But how I see it is when you understand mindset, when you understand how you operate to activate your best self, that's building the foundation. Then when you learn those skills about better prospecting, better training, et cetera, you're just adding like fuel to the fire. And those are just the layers on top of it. So when you build this solid foundation, then when you learn those skills, that's when you really show up and deliver like this massive punch of impact. I think we'll leave it at that, Holly. You, <laughs> you you are just a wonderful human being. I really appreciate you being on the show. I want to invite particularly my female listeners, as I know there are um, many, to connect with you and and uh, get involved in the work that you're doing. At least follow you on LinkedIn um, and let some of your, you know, the lessons that you're learning as a student of intention, um, you know, influence their lives. Um, how, how do we best invite the listeners to connect with Holly? Thank you so much. Well, and thank you also, Bobby, just for inviting me to be on the show. It's been a great conversation. I feel very aligned with you. And I'm so glad that the universe brought us together. Um, yes, please do follow me on LinkedIn. You can just find me there. Uh, my profile, Hallie Avolio. Um, you can also go to my website, which is sassyhealthy.fit. I have a lot of resources and content there. Um, I have a free guide that I'm going to offer, and I think it'll be in the show notes. It's my ultimate guide to manifesting, and it offers seven actionable items that you can take in a whole workbook. It's a free download, and you can follow that to really kind of tap into a lot of these things we talked about today. And the last thing that I want to share is that I am a new fan, a huge fan of TikTok, and I put out a ton of fun videos there. So if anybody's on TikTok and wants to follow me there, it's just Sassy Healthy Fit, and I put out um, tons of content there as well. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks again. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, have a wonderful day, Hallie. 
Thank you, Bobby. It was great to be here. I appreciate you. Hey, it's Bobby. Thanks for listening to today's show. For more, follow Student of Intention at www.studentofintention.com. And remember, don't wait. Start small. Learn as you go.